Ooh, you are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Welcome to another edition of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and I am your host, of course, Keith Price. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in with me no matter how you're doing it. I know people are listening to me on iTunes. I know people are listening on SoundCloud. But any way that I can get my passion that I have out to you guys, it's it's always a joy to me. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Now, on today's episode, I have Tony Award winning Katie Huffman. Now, you might know her from a little show called The Producers. You know, that's the show that still actually holds the record for the most Tony Awards won. Sorry, Hamilton. Um, she's currently finishing up her run in off-Broadway hit called Sheer Madness, and she has her one-woman show, Tomboy Showgirl. Don't you love that title? Coming to Feinstein's 54 Below next month. Now, this woman stays busy, and the fact that she even took some time out of her day to even come have a chat and a kiki with me means everything. So sit back, enjoy another episode of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and I want for you guys to know that I loves me some Katie Huffman, honey. And I hope that after this conversation, you're going to love her too. Take it away, Katie. is the Tony Award winning, let me just put it out there, Tony Award winning, Katie Huffman, who has agreed to finally sit down with me to have a conversation. <laughs> finally. Well, you know what? The thing is, she's busy. This thing is busy. She doesn't have time. And we are f- sitting in this conference room, because I like to keep it real. We're, <laughs> we're in this conference room. And it's like, it feels like very 1950s. You know, making your rounds in the afternoon, you know, eating at a greasy spoon. Don't, every time I walk through this building now, I'm thinking that. Like, this is really the biz. Yeah, this right? Biz. Like, this is, this is the building where you think you can knock on the producers. Like, like in, the producers, in the producers. Like, knock, knock, knock. Hi, here's my headshot. Resume, take me. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Huffman. Oh, my God. So, Katie Huffman has sat down with me for what I hope is going to be a fun conversation for all of us that are hanging out. I tell you, um, it's been great because in my 
career of talking to the people of the Broadway as we toss my hair. Um, I remember the first time when I met Katie Huffman and it was at a book signing for Donna McKechnie for her book that was coming out. What was it? Time Steps. Her life as a dancer. And I remember walking into this room and it was like everybody was in this room. Like B.B. Newworth was there. Katie Huffman was there. Meredith Vieira was there. She was, And it was my very, very, very first assignment ever going out to actually record interviews with people. And so when I saw Katie, <laughs> I was like standing there going, oh my God, oh my God, pull it together, pull it together. That's exactly what you did. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, God, this woman is never going to talk to me. And then she came and she did the show that I was working on. And I was very excited about that. And now Katie has done, she's doing it, she's done it all. TV, movies, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, that's like one of the most fabulous ones where she was working at improv and right now she's off Broadway in a show called Sheer Madness where those skills of improv seem to be coming into play a lot. How did you get involved with this show? They contacted me, crazy people that they are. They contacted me and I went and saw the show and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for a summer. Absolutely. I mean, how fun. It's mm -hmm. it's really silly. Yeah. It's silly, broad, uh, fun and I love, since the Will Rogers Follies, because mm -hmm. the Will Rogers Follies was the first time I, I stood on stage, could see the audience, right. could interact with the audience, and sort of had to, because I stood mm -hmm. there for a long time with, you know, wearing no clothes <laughs> and a sign, you know, the man 26 years old, right. what else are you going to wear exactly. on Broadway, you know, shoes and a hat, exactly. that's it. But um, I would stand there a lot, and there would be men trying to peek, and there would be, you know, like, there was a big, big opportunity for me to get very comfortable. Mm -hmm because it was that vaudeville kind of feel. Um, so I've been, I'm very comfortable now in front of people. And this show is a lot of audience interaction. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. It's a, it's challenge too, because you have right. to have a lot of information in your head, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of information. So it was, you know, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's love it. Katie Huffman with me. And again, you know, she's, I have to say, the show for me is always fun whenever there's laughter in the room. And I, I'm just, I guess that's my, my life as a comedian that makes me always want to be in a room where there's laughter. And this show, I found myself laughing at you. I found myself laughing at the guy that was playing Tony, or, um, yeah, Tony. Um, the you cop. Had the same clothes on that Tony did that <laughs> night, by the way. How do we know you're gay? Well, you're wearing the same outfit as the gay character on stage. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> literally. It was weird. It's like I could just take his part. That was hilarious. I when I saw that. you out there, he is wearing a purple pole. <laughs> this queen. God. So. But again, so you're you're getting to play this wonderful, fun character. She's you know very, very closed off as in terms of what she's hiding from people. But at the same time, she's very free. <laughs> do you find her free? I do. I think you know because a lot of people are like oh because she's an Upper West Side matron mm -hmm. type. What is she doing on the West Side, getting her hair done in Hell's Kitchen? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like this woman, you know, she's there. On purpose. Right. She, you know, there's reasons she doesn't want anybody to know she's there because people think she stays up in the Upper East Side. But she loves her some Hell's Kitchen. Some of that downtown flavor. Oh, ab you know, she is slumming it and loving it. I mean, yeah. it's like, come on. She's fun. Yeah. 
you know, she does not want to be held in that box where she's held. So there's, yeah, she, there's, you know, I'm not going to tell you too much, but there, in my brain, there's a lot of secrets. Yeah. She has a ton of secrets. Well, see, that's the good thing about this kind of character because you get to not only, you know, do what is basically on the page, mm-hmm. but because you're allowed to bring in so much more of your own energy this is like the dream kind of character, right? Yeah, it's kind of fun because each character yeah. is in the show could really be almost any age, right. any ethnicity, any, not quite any gender, although I, I'm sure we could bend some genders yeah. too, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, it, you know, the women before me were very different than I was, mm-hmm. than I am. And the woman who's replacing me is very different than I am, and I, which I love about the piece. Right. I just love it, you know. Yes. And the, the jokes work differently depending on who's, who's saying that. them. I love the fact too that it's one of those pieces that you said that, that it's it's universal in that every character that's in the piece can be played pretty much across the board by anybody, yeah. and everything will still work out to be exactly what it is, and therefore everyone will feel like you know again. When I remember seeing Sheer Madness in, living in Texas many, 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 many years ago, the guy who played Tony was a black guy, black mm-hmm. queen. And, you know, he, of course, I knew him. So, I like, a lot of him I saw in the character. But it was great because, you know, now some 20-something years later seeing this production and seeing it done as broadly as it is now, it's sort of like it all it all feels the same. I mean, yeah. like the the spirit of the show doesn't necessarily have to change because of who's in the role. It doesn't. And that's I, a good thing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it, it's well ahead of its time, I yeah. think, in those in that regard. It absolutely. That's the best. So Katie yeah. Huffman, I mean, she's got whole kinds of stuff going on. This woman Aww. is busy. She's busy. <laughs> She's got stuff happening. I I had to write it all down because I never remember what I'm doing. (laughs) Well, well, let's. Well, one of the my favorite things that's coming up, and this time I'm going to get a chance to see it because the last time she did it, she was out out on the West Coast. Toss your hair. She's got to get some. uh, you know. And she's got her show that's going to be at 54, Feinstein's 54 Below on September 27th, I believe it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 9.30 show, following Nancy Dussel. How is you doing? Is that what it is? Yeah. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. And again, it's it's um, from something to Tomboy. I can't remember the name. I, see, I have it in my phone, too. It's called Tomboy Showgirl. That's it. Tomboy Showgirl, which just sort of is me yeah just is me you know my mom and i were having a conversation today (laughs) about transgender people she bumped into a a friend who we grew up with you know in my when i was born she bumped i'm from california santa barbara california and she bumped into this woman 50 years later and one of her children is transgender and she, my mom and I were having this kind of awesome talk about the, that experience this woman had had. And I had said, um, well, you know, I've met, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to be controversial, but I've met, you know, a lot of transgender people. And mm-hmm. I find that the transitioning to being a man seems easier than transitioning to be a woman mm-hmm. through society. Right. Like, and I said, I, myself as an example, I really wanted to be a boy when I was growing up. And I thought if I, you know, I concentrated hard enough, I could sprout a penis. But I didn't. You know what? There's a lot of men out there that think they can do that. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sharing. Go ahead. I'm and sorry. They, but <laughs> they all wish. Um, but, you know, I said, but for me, I have two older brothers. Mm-hmm. I wore their clothes all the time. I could wear jeans and a flannel shirt and nobody batted an eye. Right. As soon as a little boy puts on a dress, well, party's over. the party's over. Yeah. You know, so I just found that. Now you know the interesting conversations my mother and I have. <laughs> well, the fact that you can have conversations like yeah, that with your mother. Yeah, exactly. My know? mom is like the best. But anyway, that's – and what she said to me was – I said, well, you know, when I was a kid, I could do this. She said, well, Katie, you were a pure tomboy. Like you were absolutely a tomboy. Wow. Yeah, and she was, a, she was an early childhood development specialist. And so she – and even over the years, I've kind of talked to her about it because it's – you know, it's kind of – I, I don't know. I'm just always me. And I was, remember I was doing another show and I said, hey, mom, I'm talking. I'm thinking about you know, calling one of the sections of my show the I Wanted to Be a Boy show. And she went, oh, Kate, you were a boy. <laughs> and another time, I, you know, I have a brother who's a little bit heavy. And I said, you know, John should really be built like me. She goes, oh, Kate, he never had your shoulders. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's because that's that's her mama. The mama knows. That's right. right. She knows, and and it's so surprising how much they really know. You think you're keeping? I don't know. You think there's secrets, but mother knows everything. Mother knows everything. I was very like you're talking about what the parents know, but my father was very clued into me very early on, but he never said a word. He waited until way after to say something really inappropriate that I had to call him on. And then oh, and then the yeah. pearls came out. Right, <laughs> Those pearls, the purse, Honey, the ring. The the... <laughs> Honey, he was not ready for all of that. But again, getting back to Katie Huffman, oh, yes. this okay. show, me, me, Tom, me. you, 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 yes. Tomboy oh, Showgirl, Tell me about the music that you've selected for this show, because I'm sure that that's a nice wide range, right? Yeah, oh, it's a very wide range. Um, anybody who's seen my one-woman shows, I always, I try to focus on one. <laughs> I try, I try, I try, it's and so I just hard. can't, but I have, I even have a little rap in there. I have some soprano, uh, some real classical kind of soprano stuff, and I have, I have this awesome lounge version version of Baby Got Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> Love me, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Wow. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, I you know, I have a piano and I have a and I have a, a, a drummer, mm-hmm. and both of them are old, old friends of mine, Eugene Gwotes and Roger Cohen, mm-hmm. and they both get to talk. They both get to sort of sing and they (laughs) you know they have a lot of input so it's really you know we get a chance to uh to just play just three boys playing you know (laughs) almost katie and i'm gonna have some people come and visit this time so yeah yeah isn't it more fun though like this kind of thing that i love about fine sense 54 below and this isn't a plug for them per se but like what i love is that whenever i get to see shows there the intimacy that you as an artist get to have with your audience is always you know it's 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 cabaret which is the genius of cabaret itself but there's something about that space that's very unique and i don't know maybe it's just the food and the wine the the food's pretty great and a very decent wine list and bar Uh, but the food's great but like for you do you you enjoy the that intimate I do. Well, yeah, it's the same. Like it's same as this show that I'm right. doing. You know, I just love it. And 
they have managed to really hone in on that Broadway uh, audience. Mm-hmm. And it feels very much like the home for Broadway performers right. to do their stuff. That's and the it's the best. So, you know, you'd get to, the people who there want to be there and they want you to be you. You know, they, they, uh, it's not like going to a jazz club, where, which I love mm-hmm. doing, where you really want to have a mood for the evening and, you, you know, have, you know, hear their album or whatever it is that they're doing. This is, you know, a very different, much more raucous, anything goes kind of environment, right. you know. I love that. Katie Huffman with me here on Keith Price's Curtain Call. And, you know, it's fun because, you know, when I did the research, what you do is the, <laughs> the quote unquote journalist. I hate that. Whatever. You know, you Google. And, um, you know, I want to say I've almost forgotten, but I did know that you were a dancer. Like, you entered this world as a dancer. You didn't come in starting off necessarily as an actor-actor, but, like, your first Broadway show, you were a replacement. I was a teenage drag queen. And yes, La College Love, La College Love Show Girl, right there, all in one little package, right? Wow, they're gonna get to play a girl playing a boy playing a girl, right? As Katie, and and that was like before Victor Victoria. See, oh, it was before anything. Mm -hmm. It was you know we've had the film La Cage, the Mm -hmm. French film, right? But. The, this show, because I, I mean, I was too young to be in the original, original, but mm-hmm. I, I did the Los Angeles Company, and I, then I was a replacement on Broadway. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, at that point, the, so I went into the Broadway show at the end of 1985. Mm-hmm. People on Broadway had never seen men dressed as women. So you had all these very beautiful young men, mm-hmm. and we just parading and I was one of them, you know, in this, the, you know, 10 were men and two were women. And mm-hmm. this sort of like, who's who, you right. know, that was part of the fun was figuring out who's a woman. Mm-hmm. But we just paraded for a long time and then finally turned, settled and sang. And when that, those male voices came out of those done up faces, mm-hmm. people gasped. Yeah. They gasped. Yep. It was such a beautiful, ingenuous time. You know, and it was really the right show at that moment. Well, it was it was very healing. Like a lot of the stuff that I've read about the show at that time, especially with Jerry Herman's um, his uh, I read one of his memoirs, and he had talked about how, of course, in that climate, that was at the height of actually it was at the very beginning of the AIDS period when you would go. You know, Shirley Ralph said it so famously, like you would go to do your show on Sunday for your last show and then you come back on Tuesday and somebody's not in the cast anymore. Yeah, no, Was yeah. that happening a lot? A lot. Yeah, you I mean, I, I mean, you probably as well. I don't know how long you've been here. But also, being a dancer, mm-hmm. I've lost 100 people. Yeah. You know, and at that moment, it was 1984 when I lost my first friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a teenager and we're all going to and we didn't know what it was. Yeah. We didn't know what it was. But I could go back and particularly look at that Lacajo Fall cast. Mm-hmm. And we've lost, we lost so many in that cast. And then even Big Deal, we lost a couple. And, and just looking at the, the dance world in general at that time mm-hmm. and all those people we loved so much, so much, so much. Um, yeah, it was intense. A, we didn't know how people were getting it. We, everybody was terrified. We were hearing all those dumb rumors. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that something about Lacage puts 
uh, put at that point gay people into family units. Yeah. Which yeah. had, you know, they were in love. They had a child they brought up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that they never, people had, just hadn't seen it. Just mm-hmm. hadn't seen it. And that, with the devastation that was going on around us, it was, um, yeah, our, peop- our friends were dying. Our friends were dying a lot. You know, it's so funny, too, talking to Katie Huffman. And I, I remember having a conversation with one of these you know, young children, mm-hmm. these young children. And I'm sure you see them a lot now, you know, especially here. And it's like to watch how some of them have no idea. And on one hand, I'm so glad that they don't have that idea and that horror. But I get so angry because I think that because they don't have it, they don't care the way that they should because – it's still an issue, you know? Yeah. And a very good friend of mine is an, is an advocate and he has been around forever and it has been HIV positive for 30 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And um, I, as a, like you said, you're, I'm so glad that they don't have to have that. But there's so much going on right now that terrifies me. Right. They do not have a healthy fear of it. They, that whole gift thing. Yeah. What oh, the fuck? Come that. on. And the the prep, the chasing, and the prep, and the the prep thing makes me so nervous. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh my god! Just please, just be safe. Be safe. Just because please, just be even safe. with the prep. Okay, if it does keep you from getting HIV, but what about everything else? It's not, it's exactly. Not else, exactly. You know? There's plenty of stuff out there <sighs> that can also to say it mm-hmm. bluntly kill you. kill you so yeah i'm i'm as i always say to young people you know when i was your age my friends were dying and now your friends are living with mm-hmm. aids and it's usually at a bcefa yeah. you know event or something so of course we're thrilled but it needs to be eradicated yeah. it really and people i don't know you know i i, I remember being 20 and just wanting to boff everything in sight, you know. Yeah. I, I know what that is. I know what that feels like, you know. And even I at that age is like, hmm, well, you're going to wear a condom. <laughs> oh, baby, exactly. you are going to wear a condom. Wait, and you were giving like young 1920 dancer like yeah, legs for days. Pow! I was a fussy dancer. What? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, baby. You put that thing on or you get none of it. Nothing. So now one of the things that I saw online about you, Katie, was that you talked about working with Bob Fosse and how that was a life-changing, career-changing experience for you. And, you know, I in my mind have my fantasies of what I would love to, you know, I would have loved to have been in a room with him just from the things that I've seen. Um, What was that like for you to be so young? And, I mean, and for him, you know, you know, that was probably, you know, the story of the legendary, (laughs) as the kids say. I turned 21 years old Mm -hmm. in the theater with him. We were in uh, Boston in doing uh, tech rehearsals. That's when I turned 21 years old. But his girlfriend at the time was 21 years old. And she was a big blonde. So I don't know what killed him. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a joke. That not is a joke. I knew he had a heart attack. He did. Yeah. I know. He did have a 21-year-old girlfriend. Well, he had a lot of 21-year-old girlfriends. Oh, he was wow. adorable. God, yeah. he was adorable. So but funny. I, you know, because more and more people are asking me about him now, mm-hmm. too. I think um, 
it's it was a time, very different time. Yeah. When when people like Bob Fosse, Michael Bennett, and I've had the chance to work with like Blake Edwards and mm-hmm. and other people who, when it was the the uh, in my, in Mel Brooks for that matter, yeah. when that the unique brain was really re- revered, right? And the unique brain was um, everybody you know circled the wagons around them to mm-hmm. get their vision on stage. Right. Um, and there are certainly still unique brains, but you just see corporations wanting someone who's not quite that difficult, right. you know, not quite that. Say, or they mm-hmm. want somebody who's kissing their ass or they want somebody who's, you know, right. which I don't want to say anything against <laughs> anyone because God bless, you know, we all need to get work. Right. It was just a very different time. Uh, and um, so working, he was... I had just worked with Arthur Lawrence too, but I mean, I really oh. come on, come on. I mean, names, I mean, bro. really, I just, I better, you know, sweep up afterwards. No, All these names I'm dropping, on, but no. yeah, it was a time of unique brains really being revered. And so, if you were up to the task, mm-hmm. you were going to hear things, see things that you were only going to hear and see in that room, only. There's, he's not imitating anybody. Mm-hmm. He's not drawing from anybody else's stuff it's all he certainly has he knows the he knew the uh history Mm -hmm. coming up to his point and his what he loved and he bob fossey we're talking about was Mm -hmm. such a huge fan Mm -hmm. of performers yeah a fan so when he wanted something from you it was because he knew you could do it you know even when you didn't even when oh my god especially you know Mm -hmm. i mean i've had that experience when you thought you you couldn't and and tommy tune was another one that was able to draw out of me what i did not know was in there but yeah when you are in that room with somebody who is insisting you be as great as you can be and not insisting that you do it the way they want it. You know, there's like there's like a wow. different there's a difference between that. There's he he wanted us all to have responsibility mm-hmm. to to move the story along, to put our own talent into right. it and have your fingers be very specific <laughs> and hit that, you know, right. and so it was uh, a lot and I came from a ballet background you know I did a lot of I did the Nutcracker every freaking year you know and I and I did a lot of um I was also from the opera background so there was a lot of I grew up there's right and there's wrong Mm -hmm. in the ballet world there's a right way to do a pirouette and there's a wrong way to do a pirouette and I then I get to Broadway and it's a very different experience so it was sort of the first time that I was uh uh expected to bring out my own I'm not going to say it's the first time I'm just saying I I came from a very disciplined world and that worked beautifully Mm -hmm. but it was also expected that there's a the piece of me that people always loved watching when I was a child Mm -hmm. I now had to become aware of right and I had to, that had to become a tool rather than something that just happens by accident. Wow. Did that make sense? Totally. It's sort of like you, it's, it's the, yes, you can improv your way through these moments, but now you have to figure out how to do these same moments every day. You there, know what I mean? There's that too. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There's some, um, yeah, he just was amazing. 
I think, wow. and I think it was that he was such a huge fan. He wanted to see what everybody could do, mm-hmm. and he also wanted you to do it, do his stuff the way you wanted. It. I did drive him crazy one day because I'm not a very good tap dancer, and he, <laughs> and he, I remember him just staring at me, going, "And we're doing this soft shoe." He's like, "Katie, it's not wrong, but it's sure not right." <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, I don't know to tell you, Bob. I don't know to tell you. Wow. But I mean, but how fabulous, though. Like, that, yeah. I think, I think again, th- that being able to exchange your, your art and your, your craft with such great craftsmen. Jake's like. I, I mean, come on. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Tell I don't, I do not mind being a muse. I yeah. do not mind that at all. I love it. Because I, I want to get inside those brains, yeah. you, know? you know. Blake Edwards wrote a musical for me that I worked with him for 15 years on that never went anywhere. But I was just, A, like, what do you mean you wrote something? For, <laughs> what? What does that even mean? What does that mean? And then just loving him and he, just going to dinner with him and, and hearing how a unique brain works mm-hmm. and seeing how a unique brain works where, where someone is not at all trying to be like anybody else not at all trying to be the next blah blah right. they're just being they're themselves, just themselves. Yeah. and it's oh my god yeah it's it's amazing wow katie huffman dang girl that's just that's just i mean i you know for a theater fan that is exciting just to hear i mean and for someone who has looked at theater for longer than, you know, Spring Awakenings, like some people I know, some of my f- former colleagues, you know, <laughs> they they didn't come alive to theater until Spring Awakening, you know what I'm saying? Um, b- but to to think about that, because, you know, in my dream, I've always wanted to be that girl with the ponytail and the rich man frug. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's more. She is gorgeous on. as ever. Have you seen her lately? No. <gasps> Oh. Well, she's still just as gorgeous as could be. Okay, no, okay. So this is okay. My opportunity now to ask the question, and I, I don't. I, I'm going to set up the scenario for you the way it was presented to me in the moment, and I'm just going to look to see if you had the same kind of reaction. So I saw Fosse when it was on Broadway, however many years ago it was, and I purposely bought a standing room only ticket because I knew that I would not be able to sit in my seat without <laughs> wanting to move right. And so the Rich Man Frug number comes on, the lights go down, you hear dun, 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 dun. I'm just sitting there, I can feel myself sweating, I can feel the palms, I can, I'm like, oh my God. And the lights come up, the, the lead dancer comes down, center stage, with a perm. What? <laughs> she had a perm, Katie, she had a perm. I don't remember. I- and she was, and I, I, I feel like she might have been like the replacement she or something. She must have been an understudy. She must right? have been an understudy, but she's trying to like give me the hair thing, and it was not working. Now, was I was I wrong for having that visceral reaction? Because every time I tell that story to like non theater people, they're like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" I'm like, "You don't understand. It's about the ponytail. It's about the, she whips the pencil. Like you can't." <sighs> She had a problem. I'm just, I, I, I have no comments. Thank you. <laughs> you hear that, Dale? I got validated. 
Because he's another one that looks at me like, what do you, why do you always tell that story? I said, because you don't understand. Oh, honey. Yeah. Hi. Oh, I don't that number is about the ponytail. I don't care what anybody says. Yes. Yes. And the hands. Everything is great. But it's the ponytail that sells that number to me. And when that girl came down the stage, center stage with a, a perm, I was like, I, I, I need to go home. Not even a perm and a ponytail? No. Just a regular old Ogilvy curly perm. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I can't remember Fosse that well. I don't, you know that uh, that show Fosse. Right. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Maybe she was an understudy. Because I am just appalled right now. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. And the only time that it got redeemed for me was then at the Sweet Charity when they did that 30th anniversary back in '98. And I was sitting second, no, I was sitting front row center. And the girl comes out and she has like, I think she like made up for the ponytail for me because it like went all the way down to her ass. And I could hear Queens in the back go, you better work that ponytail. And I was like, thank God, people understand. They understand. See? I understand. I feel so validated right now. Thank you, Katie. What else do you need, Keith? What else do you need validation for? Well, no, that that was was it. From the dancer, you know, the dancer, Katie. That was the big one for me. The other thing Mm -hmm. I would love to have validated is um, when you finished doing the producers, there was another production from that same group of people, um, and you weren't in it, and I was mad. When they did Young Frankenstein, and you was not in Young Frankenstein. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me, excuse me? She wasn't in a movie. Let me get back to that piece, Uma Thurman. What? I'm going to say it. Don't you, you don't get involved in this. I'm going to be bitchy for you. Um, Uma Thurman, girl, loved you and killed Bill, but you ain't supposed to be singing and you ain't supposed to be doing no cartwheels. That's all I'm going to say. There, I said it. I've been holding on to that one for a couple of years, too, because I went to see that movie. Listen, this is not about me. This is about Katie Huffman, but it's my ire that I'm getting and I'm channeling because she got robbed. She was robbed. She should have had the movie. She was robbed. But that's all right, because you're here. <laughs> She's just looking at me like, hey, what's wrong with you, queen? <laughs> I, you know, because she can't say anything because that would not be professional. But I'm going to say it because I, I don't care. I don't even have a platform anymore. It's just me. <laughs> But still, still, Katie, you are you 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 have more things coming down the pipe. You, I said September twenty seventh. She's going to yeah. be at yeah. fifty Fine Science fifty four below. She man is ending this weekend for me, and the show goes on. But I'm done this mm-hmm. Sunday. The twenty August twenty first is my last day. Wow. Are you gonna? Would you come back if they said, "Hey, what you doing?" Um, I think I'm moving on. I'm I'm moving You're on. You're not a look back girl, are you? I'm not a look back girl. No, hollaback girl. Holla-back. I'm not holla-back. a hollaback girl. What? <laughs> um, no, I usually move forward. Yeah. Um, but I have you know I do celebrity audit biography mm-hmm. at the Triad. I do grab and water at UCB. Mm-hmm. Let me look at my list. Oh, uh-huh. he's with me he's on with the, me. the the which she won the tw- the 2016 uh, Indie award for Indie Series Indie award. award for best. Actor in a supporting, I mean, a, a yes. ca- guest acting. Yeah. Yes, I won that, but that's on, uh, that's on, uh, you know, YouTube. On YouTube and everything. Yeah. And where I'm writing, he's that creator, Jason Chichi. We're writing something right now, so hopefully, fingers crossed. I have a couple of different writing partners really? that I'm, you know, seeing how that goes. Do you, do you have a room in there for your big black gay friend who just is trying to figure out his life too? <laughs> well. <laughs> 
if you know, why not? Doesn't every show need a big black gay friend? That's what I tell everyone when I talk to Joe Iconis. I said to him, "Don't give me Broadway bounty hunter, and you ain't got no big black gay guy." I mean, really? I mean, I love the sisters. The sisters are fabulous. Oh my but God. well, and I'm sorry, they're they're like you first need black women. Say, yeah. <laughs> and I respect that, but I'm just saying. Yes, I'm sorry. There's nothing like everybody. Everybody loves. What's that song in in um uh uh, uh Martin Short's one person show when he does it? He has I think it's Capathea that comes out and sings it when a big black woman stops the show. See, <laughs> it it simply is. It, it just is. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna elaborate because yeah. yeah. I don't want to offend. No, it just is. It just is. Some things just are, That's and people right. need to just get over their whatever That's their right. issues are. You know, Christina Aguilera, I could listen to her sing all day. Mm-hmm. She's still not. <laughs> and you heard it here first. You heard it here first, honey. something about. She's uh, the voice is great. Oh, fantastic. There is something about the experience. There mm-hmm. is something about the experience of being an African-American. In the struggle. Woman. And singing. Shit. <laughs> Lilius White can sing for me every moment of every day. Okay. Every moment of every day. How many times, here's the question, how many times do you listen to The Oldest Profession in the course of a week? Oh, I don't. I'm, I'm not that kind of, I'm not a fanboy like you. <laughs> me and Max von Essen. Right? Exactly. But I mean, but I get to, you know, we did a yeah. show together, so I get to hear her live. You know, we are girlfriends She's, on stage together. So, amazing. I mean, come, come on. Come on. My mind breaks. When and, I you know, hear her, and you and you do your thing too. You and got your I, own stuff, and, and she kind of goes, "How do you do that?" And I'm like, "Oh please, girl. Oh please. All I do, you know, whatever. It's loud. Like I do not know. I don't want. Can't even. I can't understand the physiology of what she does. What she does. It's like but it's, it, it's dangerous. And it's, but it's and so it's good. oh so God. Good. It's just so do everything. You, so do you do you fangirl out on a lot of folks? On the um, I wouldn't say I fangirl out. I mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of everybody, mm-hmm. you know, everybody. But um, no. Um, I'm trying to think of who my like. I really get excited. Like meeting Prince was. I was a dork when I met Prince. God rest his soul, because I miss him. He needs to be wow. here for longer. Donald O'Connor. I <gasps> geeked out oh. when I met him. You know and. I, I, I literally, I was 18 years old. Yeah. I met him when I was 18, and I did not want to know what to do, so I burst into tears. I mean, I burst into tears. <laughs> kind of like I did when I met you, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Mikhail Barishnikov was another one. I just like, what? And then there's a few, like, sports figures, too, that are like that for me. But and ballerinas, oh my God, ballerinas yeah. just send me. Wow. Yeah, they just really. I mean, Wendy Whalen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what she is. <laughs> what she be doing? She. I don't know what she is. She's wow. some sort of glorious alien. That's so great. to me, that those my I fan out. There's a there's a weird combo mm-hmm. of people. Kind of like your show, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they all live in my head for one thing. <laughs> But the Broadway community to me is home. Yeah. You know, I just, 
my God, it's just yeah. such it's such a home for me. So, wow, very fortunate oh. that way. They're my brothers and my sisters. Those yeah. people, you know, that's the best. That yeah. is the best. That's one of the things that I love about at least the the peek into the world that I ha- get through doing stuff like this all the time. Is that I just love the way you guys, you know, it's like these uber super talented people just hanging out. You know, just hanging out, doing their thing, whatever. And generous. And generous. I don't know any other community in show business that's as generous as the Broadway community. Yeah. And talk about talented. When Brian Darcy James started tap dancing in Something Rotten, I just I went backstage like, where were you hiding that talent? <laughs> you know, I just saw that recently with Rob McClure. Yeah. And it was the same. I had the same reaction. Like, where like, were you hiding that? Well, I didn't know you knew how to tap. He goes, yeah, he goes, it was really fun doing it. I'm like, I'm sure it was. It's like, it's just like these people, these Broadway people, people. who I, I was in, you know, some shitty waiting room yesterday <laughs> with a whole bunch of us trying to get two lines on a TV show, you know. And and just like looking around going, I love you all so much. I mean, just people it's not that they're talented. It's that they're so freaking talented. You can ask, ask them to do anything, which is you need that skill set to be on Broadway. Right. And I think that's kind of what gets in the way of doing other things because you are you can do anything. Wow. Man. <laughs> Isn't it? It's terrible. Oh, it's such a burden. How do I do this burden. every day? But think about it, though. I mean, it's it, what a what a wonderful world to be a part of, and one, yeah. a wonderful world to have been celebrated in. I can't believe and it. and revered. I cannot believe it. You know. I I never believe it when so, I. Where do you keep I, your Tony? I need to ask you that. Well, I keep her in my bedroom on a shelf. She's pretty prominent. Uh, I had to take her out of the living room because uh, my little cat started chewing on her, <laughs> and I have a video of that. Yeah, she's just like, and I was like, yeah, there you go. So you won the thing. Back to work. Back to work. Yeah. Because she don't care. She needs her litter and she needs her food. Exactly. And we so. know you want it, but now mm, it feels good to just get my, my molars on that. Because mm. you got it. It's mm. the plasticky one now, right? Mm. Isn't it? No, mine no. is not plasticky. No, mine's mine's one of the good ones. Okay. She go, Before they changed over. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, my God. Katie Huffman. Man. <laughs> Again, we could be here all day doing this, know, but I'm right? so glad that we finally, so finally have got to – oh, she has a show to him – that we've finally got to this point where we can sit down and have this kind of conversation. Because we, we chit-chat all the time, off and on, over the, the time frame, and I love that, too, because yeah. I feel like, oh, look, Katie Huffman actually pays attention to me sometimes. Especially when you like something that I've done really ridiculous on Facebook or something, and she's just like, there's a like. <gasps> Katie Huffman liked it. Oh, my God. I love that you're an Aries twit tweet. <laughs> and I'm not an Aries, so I'm like, well, they don't really do anything for me, but I it, it makes me laugh every time. You know, that's that's the, the magic of the social media. The whole world will now know what my my song is. Crazy? It, it's hilarious. It's crazy. Like you, you you keyed in on something so funny. Like, like I only have to read it to know. You know, it's just like oh, there's Keith just talking about being an Aries. That's what I do. It's what I do. But gosh, Katie, I tell you, go see her if you have time in Sheer Madness. Come to New York, September 27th. She's doing her show at uh, Fine Science 54 Below, Tomboy Showgirl. And, And catch her online in I'm With Her. 
I'm right? with him. I'm with him. I'm sorry. And master of none. Master of none. Yeah. And then, again, you IBDB, they can find all the episodes of things that you've been doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. That, um, there's another really cool um uh, you know, people are doing in things independently. This mm-hmm. independent pilot called Truth Slash Fiction. Mm-hmm. I have a minuscule cameo in it, but these young people have made this amazing pilot mm-hmm. about this young group of teens who write uh, homo homoerotic slasher fiction <laughs> based on their favorite boy band. <laughs> oh, it's called Truth Slash Fiction. You I have can't. to check it out. Oh and and they're geniuses, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, if I knew that that's how you market, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they're such masters of marketing now. That's the thing. But they've also made an, an amazing, and it's going to be here at one of these festivals for pilots. So very cool. Yeah, very keep cool. an eye out. Look at it. I will look at it. And at the same time, too, you know, go to katiehuffman.com yeah, and find I, out what's going on. When I remember to update it, it, it gets updated. <laughs> Facebook tends to be a little more accurate. <laughs> like, I try. I try. I'm, yeah, I'm old, you know? I'm old. Uh-uh, you I, girl. I, I thought talent would get me everywhere, mm, you know? Mm, <laughs> and I quit. Apparently not. Talent and a good <laughs> digital media person to help exactly. you out. That's I, how it works. I do have that, too. But, you know. That. So, again, you know, find her. Follow her. Yeah. You know, Katie Huffman at Twitter. You're on the, the Instagram. She's trying to do it all. She's out there doing it. And, again, I I just have to say thank you so much for doing this because oh, this is great. You. And as we exit out of this wonderful interview, you were going to hear the song that changed my life. <laughs> that changed it completely from the Tony Award winning show, The Producer, the Tony Award winning. Most Tony Award. That's right. Show. Even more Maybe so. Hamilton. That's right. What did they lose it on? The set or something? something uh, rid- oh, the costumes or something ridiculous. Set. Yeah, costumes. Set. It was set. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't. Well, they had too many people in those other categories, well, too. We had, we had multiple people in categories as well. But they had one more. Um, <laughs> so dumb. This is very Broadway history, blah, blah, blah. They had one more um, nomination because they had a leading actress. That's and I was a right. featured actress. So that, and she did not win that category. Hmm. So. Sorry, Philippa Sue. So they, I know, who was glorious. Oh, but, but, awesome. but come on. The whole Hello. show. But the whole show, A, I'm mind blown. But that category this year, come Forget on. It. Forget everybody should have won. Like what? Cynthia Erivo, Laura won? Benanti, uh, Philippa Sue. Who's the other one? Who was the other one? See, I should know this, but I don't hold yeah, on to the on, trivia. Queen. I know. Let me <laughs> let me get my Google. I'm just saying. I'm just it saying. It was awesome. Category. It was awesome because Philippa was extraordinary. Was that that show's extraordinary. Every one of them was. And However, so we did win more of Tonys. So, so. Anyway. la la la. Sorry, Hamilton. You're not that great. <laughs> But again, again, you're good. Too, you're good. You just have a purpose. You're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but here is Miss Katie singing her Tony Award winning number that changed not only my life, but I'm sure a million queens across the country. So, again, thank you so much, Miss Katie. And we're going to flaunt it right now because we got it. Ew. girl in Sweden my thoughtful mother gave me this advice if 
nature blesses you from top to bottom. Shoulder top to bottom, don't take twice. Now, Ula Belt. Your birthday suit. Then you gotta.